Welcome. You're listening to the podcast of First Church in Woodland, California, Pastor Timothy Wisnett. We're so glad you could join us. And we pray that this message you're listening to today is a blessing to your day. And I want to invite you also to visit us online at firstchurch.app to get connected with us and learn about our service and upcoming events. And uh, we hope that we can connect with you and see you soon. For Amen. Exodus 3, and I think we're going to read the first five, five verses. Is that all right? And the word of the Lord says, Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert. He came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. An angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire. The bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will not turn aside and see this great sight. I will now, rather, turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Draw not thy nigh hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thy standest is holy ground. I want to use for a subject tonight take your shoes off. Take your shoes off. Amen. Take your shoes off. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you now. Yet again this night, Lord Jesus, we bless your name, God. We glorify you. Lord, as we come to the throne of grace, we ask that you touch our hearts. Lord, bless us tonight, Lord. Not for our glory, Lord Jesus, but you receive all glory. Lord, we hold accountability, Lord, of how we handle your glory. Lord, I ask that you humble us right now in the name of Jesus. Strengthen us right now. Bless that the word would be enlightening and empowering and encouraging to somebody's heart tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Take your shoes off. Take your shoes off. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Um, I was looking and I was kind of scaling um, the the uh, pulpit, the platform today, and on Sunday, I didn't know how much room I had up here, but now I know that I have a lot of room, so I may preach here, and I may run back here and preach here, and, uh, and then run back up, you know, um, so I'm, I'm glad that I have room. Typically, I don't check uh, about the perimeter of, of the room or the space that I have when I enter into a pulpit. I'm always concerned about how high can I jump. Uh, so I have a little bit of limited space here, but that's all right. Praise the Lord. Um, but we're, we're looking at this scripture. We're looking at these verses here and, um, we see, uh, Moses. Moses, um, is, is one for many 
especially young people, if you're anything like me, uh, Moses was probably the second person that you uh, became familiar with in Bible school or in uh, vacation Bible school or Sunday school. Uh, because Jesus, of course, we would know Jesus, and then there was just this great things about Moses. He was the one that had raised his, his uh, uh, raised up uh, 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 his staff, and the, the water had gone back, and all God allowed the children of Israel to go over the, the Red Sea, and 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 all of these things. And he, uh, uh, it was just amazing the things he hit the rock, and the water had come out. They all know the story. Moses was a pretty bad dude you know he was amazing and I, I just love I just like this name his name sounded really really powerful Moses you know I kind of wanted to be named Moses at one particular time uh, but Moses was a, a, a very distinct individual uh, Moses had a very unique um, uh, upbringing or childhood if you remember his mother uh, was uh, was a part of the Hebrews uh, and, and as a result of that uh, the Hebrews were in this type of uh, uh, slavery they were in oppression and so uh, if you know the story and I don't have time to go all the way through it but his mother uh, wanted to deliver him from all of these things that they were doing uh, to the Hebrews and so she had put him in a basket and and uh, and trusted God and and you know the story Pharaoh's daughter uh, saw him in the in the river and and took him and and Moses mother actually became his nanny and nursed him uh, and it was just amazing how how God had protected him. Uh, you know, God, God, you know, let me tell you, I preached a message one time, let the basket go. Uh, sometimes we try to work things out for God when God says, just let me do it. And, and, and if you just put a little bit of faith and a little trust in me, I'll take care of everything for you. Uh, it, you know, and, and, and I, and I, and I'd be, if, if I could be transparent, it takes a lot. Sometimes my wife even have to remind me just to trust in God because I feel feel like I can put my hand in it and I can somehow help God out, but you really can't help the Lord out, you know, and, and I heard a preacher one time say, you know, the Lord and I, we would have a much better relationship if he just let me know what he was doing. Uh, <laughs> But, but God doesn't do that. You know, he, he, he doesn't do that. I, I was preaching one time, I believe it was in Birmingham, and I was, I was talking about waiting on the Lord. You know, and, and, and God has a way in doing things. You know, uh, we are people who have a tendency to have patience, but our patience is only to a certain extent. Uh, even when I call and, we, uh, and you talk to a person, uh, especially when you're calling about your cell phone or about a bill or something to that effect, you get on the phone and they have this wonderful music that is playing and it just kind of calms you and you're anxious to get to an operator and you're saying uh you know you're trying to get a representative representative and and and, and there's somebody in my household household that gets a little upset with them and she just said representative you know but i'm not talking about my wife uh but anyway <laughs> But I, I hate the I hate the recordings. But it, it we'll sit there and we'll wait. And at the time when we get really frustrated, right at the time that we're about to hang up, then that recording would come in and say, you know, we're we're behind, we're booked or whatever. We have more, and they say something about uh, we have uh, a lot of people. It's a high call volume, but we'll be with you in just a moment. And seems like that just calms you down. And I'll wait for another twenty. 
20 minutes, you know, and then they'll come back when I'm getting mad again, and they'll come back and they'll say the same thing. And before you know it, it's an hour that you have been waiting on someone. Well, you know, it would be better if God would actually just, you know, while we're waiting on him, he'll just come and say, you're number 10 in line. You know, it'll be so much better. <laughs> but the, the Lord don't do that. You know, you can be on hold and it's just silent. There's nothing. You know, but we have to know how to wait. Wait on our healing. Wait on our deliverance. Wait on our breakthrough. Glory to God. And when we wait on God, hallelujah, when we have patience, you know, God will, will renew our strength. God will reactivate our faith. God will show us that things that, that, that no one else can do, he can do. And this is what happened with Moses. Moses actually grew up. He grew up being known as uh, uh, Pharaoh's son. Uh, I'm sorry, Pharaoh's daughter's son, or Pharaoh's grandson. Praise the Lord. He came up knowing, being known as that. And, 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 and he was in the land of Egypt. He was in the land of Egypt. And I want you to follow me just for a moment. He's there in Egypt, and Egypt has something to offer Moses. Uh, Egypt teaches Moses. Egypt educates Moses. Egypt gives him wisdom. Uh, Egypt has a way, their customs, their, 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 uh, their, their geniuses in their, in their way in which they build certain things. The Egyptians are just amazing. They're immaculate at what they are able to do far beyond any other nation. And so here we have here Moses being trained and being raised by the culture of Egypt, and he's prospering. Uh, Egypt actually raises Moses. But I want you to understand something. God had a purpose for Moses. And, and, and the purpose that God had for Moses, Egypt could not produce that. Mm. Uh, Y'all going to get this in just a few moments. Egypt could not produce the man that God wanted Moses to be. So now, praise the Lord, we have a situation. We have uh, the situation, praise the Lord, where... Where, where Moses is being in doctrine. Moses is being taught by uh, the children, I'm sorry, by the Egypt uh, in things that he is to do. They're, taught, they're teaching him about politics. They're teaching him about war. They're teaching him about all of these things here. However, this does not account for what God wants to happen in his life. I, I, I'm trying to tell you and let you know now that you have to understand and one thing we have to understand praise the Lord that what God has for you in your life Egypt slash the world cannot produce that in you only God can do it mm. I wish I had somebody so we, we get this thing here, and we understand, and we look at Moses. Now, Moses was one that thought that he would be able to take on the culture of Egypt. 
He would take on the culture of Egypt and he would be able to liberate his people by using the culture. However, if you want true freedom, it only comes through God. See, the problem is, is that many people are taking on the role of Egypt and thinking that they can hold on to the culture of Egypt and yet be free. You cannot hold on to the culture of the world and still be free. I, I, I think y'all about to get this in just a few minutes. Y'all, y'all, y'all about to. So here, here's the thing. So God has to do something with Moses. God has to do something that is, uh, that is familiar, but it, it's something that, that we don't always understand even in this day and time. God had to remove Moses out of Egypt in order to get Egypt out of Moses. One of the reasons why we are having so many problems with the church is that people do not want to move away from the world so that God can dig the world out of them. Mm. We are living in a church world now where, amen, the world is so much, people are so involved in the world, now the church is looking like the world. And we're trying to mix the two. But when God has called you to be his, you cannot carry on another culture. There is only one culture in the church. And that culture is called holy. I felt good about that, so I'm going to say it again. There's only one culture in the church, and that culture is called holy. Because the president of this culture, the king of this culture, the governor of this culture is holy. So we have to be holy. So, Lord, the question is, why would you put us in such a culture? Why would you put us in an Egypt, which is uh, the world? Why would you put us in that? Simply because of this. Because God uses Egypt to actually produce and actually to, to bring Moses to the greatness that he is, he is not by spiritual terms, but he, he gives him Egypt because Egypt trains him. Egypt educates him. For Egypt, he's able to produce and reproduce and actually make a nation that is useful to God. Praise the Lord. We are in this world, but the Bible says, Jesus said, but they are not of this world. You have to understand this. Yes, you may get your good job. Yes, you may get your good education. Yes, you may get your great degree, but don't stay there in Egypt. Glory to God. Don't get mistaken to think that Egypt has blessed. Y'all ain't getting this in here. Uh, you know, you can have all the degrees you want. You can have all the jobs you want. Praise the Lord. But that job is not your God. Praise the Lord. Because here's the thing. See, the world is given Food is given in the world, 
Uh, nourishments are given in the world. All of these things are given in the world so that we may have to fulfill or to maintain this flesh. But remember, this flesh is not made for the world. This flesh, y'all ain't getting this in here. Glory to God. No wonder the writer said, uh, I beseech ye therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice. What? Holy and acceptable unto God, which is what? Your reasonable service. Glory to God. So we're in this Egypt, praise the Lord, and we are being taught, we're being, uh, 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 things are coming to us from the world, but we have to understand that if you think that this world is your home, if you think that this world is the thing that is the best thing that you can have in your life, you are living beneath your privileges because God has chosen you for something greater. God wants you for something. He wants to use you for something greater. And as long as we are running after the world and not after God, woo, my God. Mm. See, we're dealing with a situation now in the church because People now are, preachers, should I say, are now giving uh, sermons of prosperity. You know what, Pastor? I have no problem with prosperity. I'm not afraid of that word. I looked it up. I've seen what the word prosperity means. Uh, it gives its greatness. It gives uh, riches and all of those things there. I believe that every baptized in Jesus name preacher, every, every preacher that has the Holy Ghost speaking in tongue, you preach prosperity every Sunday. Why? Because if you're preaching about the kingdom, that's prosperity. If you're preaching about Jesus dying on the cross for our sins, is that's prosperity. If you're preaching that we have to pull off the world and put on holiness, that is prosperity. Because when I was born in iniquity, when I was born in this world, glory to God, that was no prospering. But when I took on the name of Jesus, I began to prosper. So prosperity mm, is good, but you have to know what you're prospering in. I don't want to prosper in this world alone. I want to prosper in the world that is to come. So Egypt could not produce the man of God that God needed. Egypt preserved him, but Egypt could not prepare him. There was the wisdom of Egypt. Uh, as profound as it was, the science of Egypt, as, as advanced as it was, the culture of Egypt, as refined as it was, none of it could produce the kind of person God needed. And I don't care how great your preaching is. I don't care how you can stand and you can put one hand on your ear and just, oh, you're just so what? I don't care how great your wardrobe is. Uh, the world cannot produce you to be what God God wants you to be. In other words, can I just be frank? Egypt cannot produce a child of God. Right. 
But here's the flaw that Moses had, and I got to move on. The flaw that Moses had is that he thought that he could get uh, prosperity through Egypt. Uh, he thought that he could become a political agitator. He thought that he was able to uh, uh, use Egypt to actually free his people. But, but it's just like understanding this. Moses, he thought that Egypt would bring the things that he needed. But it, then he found out he gets in some trouble, and, and Egypt makes him mad, so mad that he would actually murder somebody. Now he, he's in trouble, and, and, and because he's in trouble, God fits this thing where Moses has to flee from Egypt. Woo! And when he fled from Egypt, he went right into the purpose of God. Let me tell you something. God will create certain atmospheres. The grace of God is so wonderful. Maybe I'm just talking to myself. But there were some things that my Egypt produced for me, and it made me run from it to God. God will allow, oh, my God. We wonder why is it that we lose those relationships? Why did God allow him to leave? Why did God allow those friends to leave? Why did God allow this not to work? Because God has to get our minds to understand that this Egypt is not for you. And when we begin to run away from Egypt, we run right into the path of God. When we run away from the world, we run right into the purpose of God. Is there anybody who has run from this world and ran to Jesus and said, Lord, I surrender and I give my all to you. Woo, my God. Hmm. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You have to understand that Egypt, glory to God, God used Egypt to preserve his people in a time of famine. He used Egypt to multiply the seed of Abraham. He used Egypt to produce a people who would number as many as the sands of the seashore, but their inheritance was never in Egypt. Egypt. Let me tell you something. I don't care how big your church becomes. I don't care about the mega churches with all the stro uh, uh, strobing lights and all of these wonderful things. Don't get caught up in Egypt. Uh, I don't care how many promotions you get. Don't get caught up in Egypt. Egypt is not our home. Our inheritance is never this world. We are just passing through. We are pilgrims passing through. We have a greater eternal glory than this. This is temporary. Beauty fades. Bodies get old. I am living for eternity. Hallelujah. So God called Moses to separate. Listen, we are not made, and I want to specifically talk to the young people. I, I, I was young folk for, uh, before. Uh, I, I still think I'm a little young. I'm not going to tell you my age because you may think otherwise. Uh, 
Hallelujah. But, but, but I know what it is. And so many people say, well, we just don't know what the young people are going through now. Uh, we, we just, you know, it's different from them. Yes, it's different. Yes, it's different. But we serve a same powerful God. There's nothing new that is under the sun. The only thing that has changed is that we have loosened our tight grip on letting the young people know that there is a standard. The only thing that we have done is kind of weaken our stance, praise the Lord, to give the devil the opportunity to create more things to get to our young people. But let me tell you, young people, you've got to understand this. Egypt is not your home, and I want you to understand that you were not made for this world. You were not made for, your bodies were not made for this world. Woo, your tongue was not made for this world. Glory to God. Uh, y'all ain't getting this in here. Your ears were not made for, y'all ain't said nothing in here. Glory to God. Your head was not made for this world. Glory to God. Your body was made in the image of God for God. Hallelujah. Let it be known. God did not ordain your life so that you would be swallowed up in the bondage of this world's way of living. Glory to God. You're not supposed to be caught up in all of these different things. Oh, look at what I'm missing. You're missing nothing. Glory to God. Glory to God. Don't, try, don't worry about missing these temporary things and then end up missing an internal glory. Glory to God. I, I understand when I was growing up, I couldn't do it. It was a whole list of stuff. I couldn't do this. I couldn't do that. I couldn't go here. I couldn't go there. Glory to God. And I obeyed what they said. Now, I can't say, oh, I didn't want to go there anyway because it wouldn't have been a sacrifice. Sometimes you have to sacrifice, glory to God, in order to obtain this glory that God wants you to have. Glory to God. I know it hurts sometimes. I know it's bad. I know it's even harder for the girls than it is for the boy. I know it is, but if you just hold on and if you understand there is a greater, woo, there is a greater promise for your lives. It's all right to get sick and tired of it. It's all right to get mad that we can't do this. It's all right to get upset that we can't do that. But don't forget what is to come. Glory to God. Your life depends on the standard of holiness. I'm warning you today, tonight, praise the Lord, don't you make the mistake of settling for this world. Whatever you do, don't make the mistake of putting the things of this life before God. All of these things are going to pass away. Jobs are going to change. All the, the approval of this world is going to fickle. They're going to like you one time and they're not, they're not going to like you anymore. But you ought to get with the one who loved you before you were even created. Before you knew how to even love yourself. And that was Jesus Christ. That was Jesus on the cross. That was Jesus bleeding. That was Jesus being pierced in the side. That was Jesus being in the earth for three days. Glory to God. But rising up with all power in his hand. Glory to God. He loved you enough. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
So now that's why God has to get Moses out of Egypt. Uh, he's got to get him out of Egypt. He's got to get Moses out of Egypt so that he can get Egypt out of Moses. Glory to God. That's why you're here at this church right now. Glory to God, because God's got to get you out the world. Glory to God, so he can get the world out of you. Glory to God. You can't be in the world and the Lord get the world out of you. You got to come from among them. Be ye separate, said the Lord. Hallelujah. Then you got to be holy. Glory to God. You got to be righteous. You got to be sanctified. Glory to God. There is a difference between holy and unholy. I got to get through. So God says, God says, y'all sit down just for a minute. God says, come out of Egypt. Separate yourself unto me. Doesn't give any uh, type of opinions or ask for any opinions about that. He just tells Moses, come out of Egypt. Egypt has been good to him, but come out of Egypt. Glory to God. Uh, well, I don't really see nothing wrong with it, but come out of Egypt. God is telling us to come out of the world. Glory to God. Be separate. He says, separate yourself. I believe 2 Corinthians 6 and 11 said, Old Corinthians, we have spoken openly to you. Our heart is wide open. You are not restricted by us, but you are restricted by your own affections. Now in return for the same. He says, I speak as to children, you also be open. Do not be unequally yoked together with what? Unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the, the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. Amen. The question is, why is it that the church is mingling in with the world? We're closer friends with the world than we are in church. We go on the phone and we spend time on social media with unbelievers, but when it's time to dismiss from church, you can't catch it because you're out the door. The saints are our inheritance. We are strength one to another. If we can't get along, the world definitely can't get along. So now we cannot play around with this thing. I'm almost finished. Don't buy into a doctrine of grace that tears down the wall of separation. Don't, don't, don't deal with that whole doctrine. I'm, I'm sick of it. I'm tired of it. 
that whole doctrine of grace where God looks at the heart and not my, he, he's just, oh, he's just, God is just too good to punish us and all of these. Don't go into all of that and still think you can dress and act and live the way that the world lives and dress and act and still think you have a relationship with the Lord. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I don't care how good you can sing. I don't care how good you can preach. I don't care how good you can speak in tongues. Let me tell you something. God is the only employer pastor that I know of that can fire you and let you keep working. Y'all ain't get that in here. Praise the Lord. You may think that everything is fine and everything is going well, but God has rejected you. Don't get rejected by God. It's not a popular message, but it's still true. The heart must be separated from this world. And in order for God's will to be done in your life, you've got to divorce the world. Moses understood this because the Bible says that when Moses began to come, became of age, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And that's what we have to do. We have to, be, we have to refuse to be called the son of this world, the daughter of this world. We got to refuse to be called, amen, the children of our past. We got to refuse to be called the children of those who they thought we would be. Folk didn't think that you could be holy. Folk didn't think you could be sanctified. The world don't think that you can clean up and you can be delivered from all of the lust of the flesh. But God is a God that's able to move in your life and if you allow him to take control and if you submit yourself to him glory to God you can crucify the flesh even if you have to do it day after day after day after day after day after day Paul say I die daily Don't let this world tear you up. Can I talk to y'all? Don't let this world tell you, because see, we're living in a time right now. My grandfather said, you know, you can do things, and when you do something that you know you're not supposed to do, you feel so guilty about it. And then you do it again, it's not as heavy on you. And you do it again and again, then your heart becomes callous. You don't even feel like it's wrong. We got a lot of folks who ain't feeling like stuff is wrong. Oh, it's okay with this. We got a lot of preachers in the pulpit that's not like Pastor Wisdom that's that's not telling you that it's wrong. They're saying, well, it's all right. It's all right. I don't see what. That's the problem with people now. You don't see nothing wrong with it. But what does God see? Glory to God. And you don't understand, and I'm talking to the young people again, you don't understand, praise the Lord, how the devil is trying to tear you and rip you piece by piece. I believe the ancient Chinese call it uh, 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 the, the death of a thousand cuts. They, they will cut you in places. 
they, they do it strategically and you're in, they cut you in the right places and, they, and it's slow and you don't understand because some of the cuts you don't even feel and you don't think that it's killing you. But they cut in the right places to the point. It's not a direct thrust to the heart. It's not a slit of the throat. It's not a slit of your wrist that will cause immediate damage. The devil will cut on you until he kills you. All of these little things. I don't think there's nothing wrong with going here. Cut. I don't think there's nothing wrong with doing this. Cut. I don't think there's nothing wrong with dressing like this. Cut. Maybe I'll put a little bit of this on. Cut. Maybe I'll do a little bit of that. Cut. Maybe I'll listen to a little bit of this. Cut. Maybe I'll look at some of this. Cut. The devil is cutting our young fool and they are dying in our eyes. We have these wheat jelly back preachers, these perverted preachers that are compromising with the word of God. And now the world is taking us apart, compromise after compromise after compromise after compromise. Let me tell you something. It's time now, if not ever, now is the time to tighten up. It's time to get strong in our faith. And it's time to know that God is a holy God. And we've got to live. So here's what God did. Sit down for a moment. Here's what God did. God did this to Moses. God took Moses. And the Bible says he took him from Egypt to the back side of the desert. Woo! Took him to the back side of the desert. Took him from the palace to the sheepfold, from being a prince to being an humble keeper of the sheep. This was a radical change for Moses because he was up there with the high folks. Now he's just on the back side of the desert. He's on the back side of the desert. See, that's the way, that's the, way the devil wants to get you because, see, when you come to first church, you're really on the back side of the desert. Ain't nothing over here. <laughs> Ain't no bright lights. It's not always exciting. Glory to God. It, it, it's, it, it, it doesn't seem like you, you're coming to church and you're staying here all this time and you're jumping and you're praising God and all of that. But see, your friends are doing, they're, they're still in Egypt enjoying themselves. They're still on social media. They're doing all types of things. Praise the Lord. You don't get a lot of lights for being on the backside of First Church Woodland. <laughs> You, 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 you don't get a lot of, a lot of Facebook likes. You, you can't put that on Instagram and everybody's like, woo, look at that. Oh, my God. Because you're on the backside of the desert. It's not always glamour on the backside. We all dress alike. We all talk alike. We all look alike. Y'all ain't getting this in here. Praise the Lord. Because we're on the backside of the, that's a boring life. You're on the backside of the, you, just, you go to church all the time. Yes, baby, because I'm on the back side. God put me on the back side of the desert. There's no glitter here. There's no sparkle here. 
Glory to God. And see, that's what the devil is trying to do. That's why he's changing the way of the church. He wants it to have this overwhelming background and the stage and all these things. And he wants to have all this, as we talked about the other day, all these fall things that come out. It, it shoots out all this smoke, all of that type of stuff. He wants the flickering lights and everything. That's the trick of the enemy, to try to get the attention. Listen, I don't need any special lights when God told me to be the light of the world. I am a special light. Y'all lady, I am a special light. I don't I don't need any y'all ain't get this in here. I don't need all the special effects because Jesus, the Holy Ghost, has an effect on me. I wish I had some folk to shout to God right now. So now, so now understand, Moses is on the backside of the desert. And he's there for some 40 years on the backside of the desert. That's a long time. But let me tell you something. Holiness is not a thing that you can do overnight. The reason why the older saints are still lifting up the name of Jesus and still see you see the older saints in this chapter of their life because uh, it, it, it was harder in the earlier chapters. You don't know the, the temptations that they had. You don't know the struggle that they had to go through. They didn't become powerful prayer warriors overnight. See, you have folk now that want to jump up, get mad with their pastor and start their own thing. And then they put these old things all on Facebook and on social media and they become a phenom the next day. Praise the Lord. But let me tell you something. They, they don't have what it takes to become a leader in the Lord's church. Because they allowed Egypt to brain them, y'all. I don't care if they bishop this, apostle that. That's why they need all these weird names. They're coming up with all types of titles now. I ain't never heard of. I, I did you know, all of this apostle this and this uh, uh, elect this and elect that. Let me tell you something. The Egypt, if you let Egypt raise you, you will have all of these names. But if you let God, you will be satisfied with brother and sister. Y'all ain't get this in here. Praise the Lord. Uh, See, see, in Egypt, you got to wear all these robes and you got to put this on and you got to put that. And that means this and this mean that. And this ring mean this and this ring mean Y'all ain't get this in here. But when you have been raised by God and by the kingdom, by the church, you don't need all those things there. Your way of life precedes you. Your sanctification is all you need to wear. I don't need all this other stuff to make me be what y'all ain't get this in here. Come on, somebody up in here. See, woo, glory to God. So you have to understand, Moses is on the back side of the mountain. He's there for 40 years. He's there for 40 years. Now, I want you to understand this. Moses, being on the back side of the mountain, the Lord allowed him to see something that he had never seen before. It was a burning bush. On the back side of the mountain, he sees a burning bush. But the thing that is interesting about the burning bush is that it's not being consumed. Yeah. Yeah. Woo, my God. <laughs> it's burning, 
but it's not consumed. And it catches the eye of Moses. Moses looks at this thing, and he sees this bush, and it was the Shekinah glory. It burned in the midst of the thorn bush. And before Moses can accomplish his purpose, God has already called him to a purpose because he's been on the backside of the desert, but he has to first get a glimpse of God's glory. See, that's what we're missing in the church. We want to be this, but we don't stop to look at the glory of God. Woo. So we try to create our glory in the music. We try to create our glory in our stage presence. We try to create our glory. We're getting the best singers to entertain. Let me tell you something. Your entertainment cannot match the power and the glory of God. We've got to get on the back side of the desert and we've got to seek after the glory of God. Is there anybody who needs the glory of God? Say, Lord, show me your glory. Hallelujah. Show me your glory. Show me your glory. I'm on the back side of the uh, desert, but Lord, show me your glory. I need your glory to be revealed to me. It doesn't matter how young you are. You can say it from your young heart. Lord, show me your glory. I need your glory. Woo. Show me your glory. Listen, why is the glory so important? Because once you've seen the glory, understand this, young people. Once you've seen the glory of God, the things of this world will look like it's nothing. Woo! See, that's why the devil has taken healing and deliverance out of the church. That, that, that's why he's taking a power out of the church because the devil don't want you to see the glory of God. Because when you see the glory of God, when you truly see the glory of God, everything in the world minimizes. I really, you know what? They told me I couldn't go here. I really don't have to go there because there's a greater glory at the church. Y'all ain't getting his glory to God. I, I, I really don't have to wear that because, woo, God beautifies the meek. I really don't have to say all of that. I really don't have to hang out with those friends because God is my friend when you see the glory of God the world is nothing that's why I seek for the glory of God in everything that I do glory to God ha huh? glory to God. I have no more desire to be with the world. I, I don't have a desire to do the things they do. I don't have the desire to be like they are. I don't have the desire to do my hair like they do. I don't have the desire to wear my dresses like they do. I don't have the desire to wear makeup like they do because the glory of, I've seen the glory of God and God's glory is the better and greater than the world. His glory, his glory, his glory, hallelujah, his glory. 
It's greater than anything that I had to go through. His glory is greater than the temptations. His glory is greater than the trouble. His glory is greater than all of the stress. His glory. If I could just feel the glory of God. Hallelujah. That's why the devil is trying to consume our young people. With all types of things. Right on their cell phones. Send all types of things on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all of those things there to try to outshine the glory of God. Glory to God. But I encourage you, parents, I encourage you, pastor, to keep putting your young people on the backside of the desert. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Put them on the backside of the desert. Get them on the backside of the desert. Glory to God. Tell them to go on the fast from Facebook. Y'all, they get this in here. Tell them to put the phones down for just a minute. Don't be afraid, mamas. You paid that cell phone bill. You have the authority to say enough is enough. We're going to the backside of the desert, and you're going to see the glory of God. Get your children on the backside of the desert. Get your house on the backside of the desert. Get the church on the backside of the desert so we can see the glory of God. So the fire of God, the fire of God, the fire of God's holiness is burning on this thing. But I want you to understand this one thing. The fire is burning, but it's not consumed. Woo! The bush is burning, but it's not consumed. This is the thing that catches Moses' eye. It is not consumed. What is this? What is going on? It's burning. I feel the heat. I see the fire. But the fire does not consume the bush. It does not. It, 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 actually, it actually, it engulfs it. Now, that's the miracle of the moment because I believe that God is demonstrating his glory to Moses. So here's what's happening. The glory of God is about to set on Moses. And God will not invest in anything that he cannot consume. God, oh, hallelujah. God knows how to put a flame to you and don't destroy you. See, a lot of us miss this with the three Hebrew boys because we see, oh, they came out the fire. The fire was there, but it did not consume it. It did not take them over. They came out, and they had no burn on. God was showing us something in the future that would happen with the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. God knows how to burn everything that's not like him and around you and in you without destroying you. When you receive the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost is like a fire. It came like as a fire. And if you have the Holy Ghost, you are like the burning bush. God God knows how to burn the sin out of you and not destroy you. He will destroy the sin, but he won't destroy you. Lord, set me on fire. 
Set me on fire. Set me on fire. Destroy the world in me, but don't destroy me. Set me on fire. What do you think happened on the day of Pentecost? Oh, when they were all in the upper room, glory to God, the upper room, they went up from the world. They left Egypt, hallelujah. They left the world. They left the things of the world, and God set them on fire. Glory to God, the Holy Ghost fire came in like a rushing mighty wind, and the Bible said that it set on it. Each of them. Oh my God. That fire. We need the fire. We need the fire of the Holy Ghost. Pastors you need the fire of the Holy Ghost. Members you need the fire of the Holy Ghost. Musicians you need the fire of the Holy Ghost. Ah, You need the fire of the Holy Ghost. Give me the fire. Consume my lust. Consume, burn out this flesh in me. Burn out this thing. God is the only one who can set you on fire and not destroy you. The bush was on fire, but it was not burned. It was not destroyed. Ooh, I remember the night I received the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. I remember I was there seeking for God. Glory to God. But God came in. Hallelujah. In the person of the Holy Ghost. And I was set on fire. And it was a fire that never burned out. It was in 2000. And, oh, my God. 2014 when I received the Holy Ghost. But, Lord, have mercy. I'm so glad. Hallelujah. I'm sorry. 19. I'm 10 years later. 1994 when I received the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. And it feels right now just like I got it last night. Ah, oh, glory to God. The fire of the Holy Ghost is not a fire that you can just turn up and turn down. It's always hot. It's always burning. Every time I think wrong, it burns it out. Every time I look wrong, it burns it out. Thank you, Lord, for the fire. It's been consuming my sins and it has not destroyed me. It purifies the soul. my closing because I got to get out of here told Moses said Moses I see that you looked at the book at the bush and then he called to Moses he said Moses Moses see when you've seen what God is trying to reveal in your life when you've seen the purpose of God now you can hear God clearly when you hear your name called. Woo! See, God has to put you in a place where you're not distracted by anything of Egypt. And when you come out of Egypt and come to the backside of the desert, now you can have communication with God. And God is able to call you by name. He said, Moses, Moses. And now for this particular time, the first time Moses was able to say, here am I. See, the world has been calling you.
calling you into lust, calling you into jealousy, calling you into things that the world enjoys. But now I can hear from God. And God is calling your name. Don't you hear him calling? What is your response to his call? If your response to his call is, Lord, I'll get back with you after I get through making this post on Facebook, you are not on the bat side of the desert. If his response, if your response to his call is, Lord, I've got to take care of this and I've got to take care of that. You are not on the bat side of the desert. You've got to get to the bat side of the desert so God can call your name. It's hard on the bat side. It's lonely on the bat side. But God is with you trying to get your attention. So now, woo, you have to understand, it's not a popular message, Pastor. But we've got to stand up and say that holiness still means being set apart. Holiness still means I'm not like the world. Holiness still means that there is a dividing line that separates the church from the world. Right now, we have gotten so close to the line. that there's almost no difference between the world and the church. As a matter of fact, while men slept, the enemy came in and sold terrors, and they erased the line. Now there is no boundary between the church and the world. So now we have people that are over here in the world and also over here in the church. But it does not miss. It never can miss. My granddaddy told me that oil and water will never miss. You can shake it all you want. If you sit it there, it's going to divide. The church, I don't care how much we're in the world, we cannot be of the world. It doesn't miss. And Pastor Wizard, I encourage you, I encourage you, I admonish you, keep the line where it is. Don't get rid of the line. There's still a line. And there's still a church that wants to see the line and walk away. I don't care what they say. I don't care what the organizations say. I don't care what the mega churches say. Keep the line. Young people, holiness is not a bad word. Holiness is not a bad word. 
Holiness is the word that's going to save your life. Now watch this in my closing for the third time. Musicians, y'all can come. Y'all can stay standing because I don't want you to stand for long. Take off your shoes. Take off your shoes. The Lord told Moses, take off your shoes. He said to Moses, because you are standing on holy ground. By its very nature, dirt is not clean. It's nasty. Your parents tell you to wash your hands if you've been playing in dirt because it's nasty. The ground is merely unholy. The world is unholy. The world is the ground and it is unholy. But when God moves into the world that you are living in, only God can make this ground that is unholy, holy. God makes it holy. So every step that I take, even though I'm in this world, I'm on holy ground. When I go into the grocery store, I'm on holy ground. I don't care how many unholy people surrounds me. I'm on holy ground. But God says, Moses, take off shoes Moses remove your shoes put your shoes on why God should I remove my shoes not just because I said it's holy ground But a shoe is made to keep your feet from touching the ground. When I enter into my house, Pastor, there's only so far that I can go with my shoes on. Beyond that point, my wife says, your shoes come off. You can't go upstairs with your shoes on. Because these shoes have gone into the dirtiest bathrooms. These shoes have gone and have separated my feet. 
from the messiest streets, from the unclean grass. With these shoes, I have used my own power and my own intelligence to try to guard me and protect me from what I think is unholy. God says, I have made this ground holy and there is nothing that you can do on your own merit. Your shoes don't make it holy. What are you saying, God? Take your shoes off because your shoes represent the things that you call holy. But you cannot decide what is holy and what is not holy. Only God can do that. your own version of holiness this is your own version let me put these shoes on and I'm holy I can still walk in Egypt with these shoes on but your shoes are made by you our mind is not like God's mind that's why we have a lot of preachers in the pulpit who have put sandals on people and said, it's all right for you to do this. It's all right for you to do that. It's all right for you to do that and that and that and that. It's all right as long as you put on my version of holiness. From church to church, we have so many different types of shoes. AOH got their version of shoes. UPC got their version of shoes. Y'all ain't gonna like this. PAW got their version of shoes. But God said, take the shoes off! This is what's holy. Walk on it! types of shoes. Take them off. This is the ground I want you to stand on. This is where I want you to be. This is holy ground. This is sanctified. This is righteous. Take the shoes off. And stop trying to imagine a holiness that I did not even declare. When you take the shoes off, that is significant and is symbolizing you surrendering yourself to God. I surrender. It's not my will, but Lord, it's your will. It's not about me, it's about you. Whatever you want me to do, I'm going to do it. Moses could not walk up that mountain with those shoes.
because if he would have walked up that mountain with those shoes, he would have come back with a tablet full of his own ideas. But God said, take the shoes off. Surrender yourself to me. Submit to me. And I will show you what is holy. I will guide you into what is holy. I will lead you into holiness. Saints of God, understand that your shoes got to go off. Your shoes got to come off. Don't get caught up in our own ideas of what holiness is. We, can, we think that we can determine it ourselves. You can't determine what holiness is yourself. We got to listen to what God is saying. God is trying to talk to us. He's trying to tell us. Hallelujah. He's trying to let us know we can't construct our own holiness that we have enough discernment to judge to our, for ourselves. We can't distinguish between right and wrong. Only God can do that. God says, surrender your shoes. Surrender the pretense of your version of righteousness. Recognize there is none holy but me. Even at our very best attempt, we cannot create a holiness for ourselves. Removing your shoes is an act of surrender. Surrender your way. Surrender our understanding. Surrender our conceptions. good judges of holiness and righteousness. That's why God has given us pastors that have taken their shoes off and telling you to come on. This is holy ground. As you come to the altar in your spirit take shoes off and surrender yourself to God. Lord, I want to be holy. Lord, I got to be righteous. Lord, I'm not going to depend on my own thoughts. My own thoughts have got me in trouble. My own thoughts have carried me too far away. Lord, forgive me for wearing shoes on your ground. Lord, forgive me for trying to create my own holiness. But Lord, I surrender everything. If you don't want me to have it, I won't get it. If you don't want me to see it, I'll close my eyes. If you don't want me to walk there, I'll turn around. Have your way in my life. 
Come on, surrender, 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 surrender. This is holy ground. It's you, Lord, it's you. Oh my God. And now take your shoes off. Change Thanks again for joining us for this podcast. It's such an honor that we could have you, and we pray you were blessed by the word today. We want to stay connected with you, and so give us a follow on our social media pages on Facebook or Instagram. You can find all of those on our website at firstchurch.app. You can also stay connected with us through that uh, website, and you can download it as an app on your phone from there. And so until the next time, we pray you're blessed. Have a great week in Jesus' name.